What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, joined alongside my co-host, Devin Bernstein, and week one of the NFL officially in the books. Uh, we're filming this Monday night, so uh, we will not be able to talk about the Bills Jets. We predicted that on last week's episode, so if you haven't already, check that out. If you also haven't already, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel if you are new. Uh, but yeah, today we're going to be talking kind of breaking down some of the biggest games from week one, and then we are going to give an early look into week two. It's still a long ways away, so obviously, um, you know, so the injury status of some players is not clear at all at this point. But alas, we'll do our best to predict these games. But we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to start off with a big game in the NFC North, Packers-Bears. Um, and I'll be honest, Packers really surprised me in this one. I believe you took them in this one, and you had them as your division winner. And honestly, that pick looks really good right now. Jordan Love balled out, 245 yards passing, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones, two touchdowns on the day. Justin Fields and the Bears offense just really couldn't get it going. DJ Moore, only two catches. Devin, what were your thoughts on this game? Obviously, a huge statement from the Packers early on. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about here. Um, I think the first thing you probably look at is this Bears offense and how much they struggled. I mean, what are we doing with two two targets to DJ Moore? What's what's the point of trading, you know, back from the first pick? And, you know, they really wanted kind of him or Burns in the trade. And I heard Burns apparently was unavailable. But again, you know, you're really they they sacrificed a lot to get DJ Moore. You know, this could have been two extra first round picks or whatever. Um, but what's the point of having him if, if you're not going to target him more than twice in a game? And just seemed like a lot of like un uninspired play calling where it was just kind of like pretty boring you know, simple plays that aren't really going to get open. You're not really trying to run your offense through your best playmakers. They didn't really even do a lot of designed runs for fields, um, which is like at this point, clearly his strongest ability, you know, whether he gets there as a passer, we'll see. But right now you really want to help him help himself as a passer by giving him that floor as a running, uh, you know, as a running game as a whole. Um and then you look at this Packers defense, you know, I've talked about their coaching, you know, being weak, but they looked really well coached. They seem to outcoach the Bears. Rashawn Gary only played 10 pass rush snaps because he was on a pitch pitch count, but he got five pressures. Um, Lucas Van Ness had a sack, I believe, their first round yep. pick. Um, this defense looked pretty good. And then, like you said, Love kind of did everything he needed to do. I mean, it was his first real start as the true starter here. So obviously that's going to come with a few ups and downs, but I think he looked pretty pro ready and you know like he's gonna at least give them a, a solid offense every week and they didn't even have their number one receiver in Christian Watson um so I think in theory this offense is only going to get better although they won't be able to face the Bears every week but <laughs> that's that those are my takeaways from that game yeah I mean it doesn't matter who's at quarterback at this point for the Packers they're just going to beat up on the uh, poor Chicago Bears um I agree with what you said I mean you know, this Bears offense, like obviously DJ Moore, tough matchup going against a guy like Jair Alexander, who, you know, some of the biggest trash talk in the game. And he, he always backs it up. I mean, he's truly I think he's kind of underrated at this point. I feel like, you know, no one really considers him in that top cornerback conversation. But he's right up there with the best of them. Um, but, yeah, Justin Fields, like kind of just a, an uninspiring day. I, for one, you know, feel like this could be a huge year for Fields. I'm a, a big Justin Fields guy. And it was definitely a letdown. I was expecting more. I mean, this Packers defense, it's definitely a good defensive unit, but it's not the best defense. You know, we're going to talk about, you know, a, def a few defenses later in the show that, uh, you know, really had some strong week one performances. But, you know, this defense is good. 
it's it's probably great, but I don't know if it's like an elite defense. Um, you know, they just got to figure it out. Chase Claypool, a guy who they traded a second round pick, which is basically a first four. You know, he looks like he's just not even he's a non-factor on the field, which is a disaster. Darnell Mooney had a nice touchdown, but like the running game is, you know, they got three guys in there. They're all kind of mediocre. Like they, it's just this team, I think, is still in a rough spot. There's still obviously a, a, a lot of pieces away. And I think that was clear. I think any hope of the Bears kind of making a run, making the playoffs, um, is kind of put to dust from that. And on the flip side, I think the Green Bay Packers are, you know, if I could change my prediction from last week, I'd probably pick the Packers to win this division. I think it's going to be either them or the Lions. I think those two teams are, are clearly the best. Jordan Love really impressed. I mean, you know, sitting for three years, we didn't really know what we were going to see out of him. And and he balled out. And there's a reason why, you know, they they negotiated. I believe they negotiated like a $20 million salary or something like that for next year. I, I know they kind of tweaked it because they didn't want to fully accept the fifth-year option, something like that. Um, but he looks really good. Like you said, they were without Christian Washington. And Agent Aaron Jones, a guy who – you know, I have in uh, the fantasy league that we're in together. Um, I think he could be such an X factor for this team. He's a real talent, obviously kind of, you know, got tweaked his hamstring. It seems like, it seems like he'll be okay, but you know, over 120 yards total, two touchdowns. If they put the ball in this guy's hands, uh, I think this team could be going far and, you know, Romeo Dobbs, two touchdowns. I think he's got a bright future. So I definitely think this Green Bay team, Jordan Love, huge first game and a statement win for them. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Uh, to the next game of week one we're going to talk about involves your Philadelphia Eagles came down to the wire there almost you know Mac Jones almost really let a comeback here not the best game out of the Eagles obviously some sloppy you know rainy conditions but they got the win 25-20 they broke out obviously you know you basically turned the game on it was 16-0 Philadelphia and then after that really uh, New England's defense stepped up started playing well your thoughts on the Eagles performance and kind of you know your outlook on the season after week one um, yeah, I think ultimately um, the defense performed pretty adequately. Um, they gave up a lot of yards, but a lot of that was just because they were up the whole time, played a lot of snaps. And it's not like this Patriots offense, you know, they seemed like they were just 10 times better without Matt Patricia as their, their play caller on offense, which isn't surprising to anyone, even bringing in Bill O'Brien and just a, you know, whatever he knows what he's doing. Offensive coordinator clearly seemed to, change out a lot for this Patriots offense but you know the defense isn't really going to be the story um for the Eagles and the offense wasn't really the story for the Patriots it was really on the other side of the ball where the Eagles were able to score early on on script and they had the pick six and then other than that they really could only get into field goal range a couple times and had to rely on Jake Elliott who kind of bailed them out a few times with some long field goals um but you saw a lot of cover one from this Patriots defense, a lot of cover one man, which was really happened to, you know, be run against the Eagles a lot against the Colts where they struggled on offense against a not very talented defense. It happened against a lot of the teams that gave him a tough time, a lot, ran a lot of cover one. And that's what the Patriots did. And they had the guys to run man coverage. You saw Christian Gonzalez, who I talked about in this team's preview. Um, I really was, you know, high on him. And I think he did a great job on AJ Brown. And, you know, the only time the Eagles were able to move the ball after the the beginning of the game was just kind of going five wide and saying, you're going to have to, you know, leave one of Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown in one-on-one. And we kind of were able to take advantage of that a little bit. But that was really it. We couldn't run the ball. Um, Hertz couldn't get going as a runner. Goddard didn't have a single catch. 
Um, kind of a disastrous game from this Eagles team, but they found a way to win. And I'm I'm ultimately not concerned because I think this is one of the you know three best defenses in the league in in New England. And I I think they kind of started to figure some things out. There's a new offensive and defensive coordinator, so I think there's you know some things that will be worked out. And um, ultimately, I'm not super worried. Yeah, I don't think there's reason to panic on the Eagles. I mean, at the end of the day, they got the job done. Um, like you said, I mean, it wasn't like you know a a Jalen Hurts performance of last year, maybe per se, where it felt like every week he was, uh, you know, balling out, rushing for a few touchdowns. But, you know, he got the job done. And, you know, like you said, I, I think Dallas Goddard is one of those guys they should get involved more. And it'll be interesting to see how the rush attack kind of progresses once a guy like Rashad Penny comes back. How do they mix him in with Gainwell? Um, you know, DeAndre Swift obviously was in there a little bit. Um you know, for New England, I, I actually thought this was a really encouraging game for Mac Jones. I'm not the biggest Mac Jones guy. I haven't been. Um, you know, I kind of just would consider him to be an average quarterback. But I think, you know, Bill O'Brien really let him loose and kind of let him just air it out. I mean, he had 54 pass attempts, ended up throwing for 316 yards, three touchdowns. Did have the one interception early on, which was pretty bad. But, you know, after that play, he really balled out and played really well. And you look at the weapons he has. I mean, he's not thrown to the best guys in the world, but. They do have some talent on the offense. Kendrick Bourne had two touchdowns. The tight end room is pretty strong with Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki. So I do think this offense can be better uh, than advertised. And I think Mac Jones, you know, he's a guy that, like you said, they had Matt Patricia there calling the plays just by, you know, changing him and getting him out of the building. It might bring Mac Jones to new heights. Do I think Mac Jones is going to become a star quarterback? No, but, you know, can he lead this team to the playoffs? Absolutely. With that defense, I think, you know, and what we saw from Mac Jones yesterday against a, a really solid Philadelphia defense, I think uh, it was really encouraging. And I think Patriots fans, obviously, you never want to lose a game, but I think that's as encouraging as a loss as you could have against, you know, a team that was just in the Super Bowl. So good performance from New England and, you know, Philadelphia just took care of business kind of like they do. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to a heck of a game in L.A. Shootout between the Dolphins and the Chargers. Tua, man, 466 yards passing. Tyree Kill, 215 yards receiving with two touchdowns. I mean, Tyree Kill, it seems like at this point, this guy, I feel like in, even in fantasy football every year, it's like he ends up going late round, late first round. And it's like he ends up as like the number two or number one receiver every year. He kind of gets slept on. Do you think Tyree Kill is the best receiver in the NFL and your thoughts just in general on this game? I'm going to have to say no. Um, I think it's really 1A, 1B right now, and I would have him as 1B between Hay and Jefferson. I just think Jefferson offers a little bit more as a true receiver, but Tyree Kill is so damn explosive that if you want to yeah. take him and and his run after catch and his new thing where he kind of just jumps over people somehow, you know, <laughs> 5'10". And, you know, the connection he has with Tua and Waddle has it to an extent, but not to the same level that he's really built this chemistry with Tua. And, you know, I, ultimately, I, I said no to your answer, but I'm hyping him up like I said yes. And that, that's <laughs> because... That's just he, how good Justin Jefferson is. That's Yeah, it, that's really <laughs> what it is to me. Um, But, but Tyreek is just... He's a stud. And then when you look at this game, um, I was, you know, kind of lower on the Dolphins coming into the season. We talked about that. And I was I, I've definitely been lower on Tua for most of his career. But I, I, you know, I really can say he kind of shut me up last night um, with this performance. I mean, he was 
throwing dimes down the field. And, you know, it's not about throwing it 70 yards down the field. And that's never been my concern. It's more that, you know, is he going to be able to throw, you know, with consistency, 45, 50 yards downfield, getting it where he needs to. And yesterday he was really able to with the one exception of that interception to JC Jackson. But, you know, ultimately, other than that, it was a really good game from him. Um, if you look at it for the Chargers, they were mostly running the ball. That was, you know, the main way they moved the ball, which is interesting because we haven't seen that a ton from them in the past. Um, but you saw Eckler have a huge run. He kind of seemed to be running with like a new sense of urgency, which was a little weird for a 30 year old back. Um, but they were running the ball well. They were moving the well, the ball well on offense. It kind of just was one of those games that came down to who had it last. And the Dolphins just had a bit more in them. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw it, I forget who posted it, but some, some NFL guy I follow on Twitter posted something about Tua saying, you know, if he throws for 5,000 yards this year and like 35 touchdowns, do you give him like the Joe Burrow contract? And I think it's a super interesting question. Cause it's like, if he goes out and does that, like you kind of have to, but it's like, I think with Tua, we're just accustomed to being like, you know, we just put him to the side where it's like, no, this guy is not this, you know, elite quarterback, you know, he shouldn't be in that category. But when this guy's been healthy, he's balled out in this offense. And, you know, obviously, like you said, you got to give credit to Tyree Kill. This guy's a superstar. He's obviously got Waddle there. Like, he has, you know, legit superstar weapons. But he finds a way to get them the ball. Um, you know, late last year, I feel like, you know, you don't want to make excuses, but the guy was, like, literally playing concussed. So it's like you got to give him some slack for the end of the year last year. If he's healthy, I think he's, you know – up there in the conversation to be a top 10 quarterback, you know, this offense is, is really good. I think they're still missing, you know, that running back though, obviously Raheem Mostert, you know, they don't really run the ball much, but 3.7 yards a carry. He did have a touchdown, but it's like, that's where it's like, you start hearing these rumors of JT again, picking up. And it's like, if they add Jonathan Taylor to this offense, but Mike McDaniel at the home, like, Oh my God, like this is, this team is going to be unstoppable. And the defense you know, they've got some guys, Jalen Phillips, the game-winning sack. Um, you know, he's a guy who I think is going to have a really big year on that defense. They've also got, obviously, Christian Wilkins, the guys you've heard of, you know, Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey coming back later in the year. So Miami, really impressive. You know, it's a statement win, and, and for Tua to kind of shut people up like you, um, you know, right away is, uh, you know, really encouraging, I think. On the flip side, you know, the Chargers um, – I don't think they should be discouraged by this game. This just was, I feel like everyone knew this is going to be a classic shootout game. Defensively, they have to be better. Um, but offensively, I mean, kind of what you expect, you got so many weapons and, you know, it was interesting to see, like you said, the running, the, you know, usage of, of the rush game. And you got to wonder, you know, Kellen Moore coming over and being the offensive coordinator kind of reminds you of that, you know, Zeke Pollard usage a little bit from last year, seeing how much Joshua Kelly was involved and he had a great game rushing for 90 yards and a touchdown. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, was that kind of a Miami game plan or is that kind of be how this offense is kind of, you know, centered going forward? So super interesting. Both these teams are going to be in it, in the playoff push to the end, but really impressive game from two, obviously, and uh, a big statement in Miami or in L.A., I should say. For sure. Another big statement. Uh, this last game we're going to talk about for week one before moving on to week two. I mean, <laughs> I think it's safe to say I'm going to be 100 percent honest here. I think the New York Giants season ended last night. I think, you know, I was listening to first take today. Stephen A called, you know, that, you know, said that Dak beat Saquon Barkley in a bag of chips. And, uh, you know, I, I can't fully 
disagree with him. You know, they got some talent, but 40 to zero, I mean, it's like I don't even know where to start. Obviously, the defense for Dallas, almost historic performance. I think fantasy-wise, it's got to be up there. I mean, they put up 35 fantasy points or something crazy. Obviously, uh, I mean, it's just – it's a wild game. What were your thoughts? Obviously, we were texting a little bit during this game. So, I mean, just pure insanity, though. I mean, what a beatdown. Yeah, so, um, I mean, the first thing I'll say just to touch on the Cowboys' defense in fantasy um, specifically, I we were talking about this with my friends. I was like, I wonder what the most points the defense has ever gotten in a fantasy game. And our, our number was around 30, and they got 35 in my league. So, that's pretty ridiculous. Did you find um, what was the record number? We never looked it up, but I'll look it up right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, look that up and I'll I'll keep talking here as you get that. But really, this this game just kind of ended as soon as the that first field goal got blocked and returned for a touchdown. And you know, you had some bad luck for the Giants. Just, you know, that's bad luck. Sorry, I saw your face there. What is it? 52. <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't even believe that. Um <laughs> God. So it says the Cleveland Browns are credited with the highest number of fantasy points scored by a defense with a whopping, I guess it's 50 points. They had six fumble recoveries, two safeties, and three defensive touchdowns. That is ridiculous. <laughs> six fumble recoveries. That is insane. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, it kind of just felt like some bad luck for the Giants. Like, you know, yeah. you get the kick blocked and it's like that, you know, that happened, that counts. But, you know, that's not really something that says how bad of a team you are. But um, things just didn't go well. They couldn't move the ball. And, and the Cowboys weren't even that impressive on offense. But like you just had the, you know, that, you know, the special teams touchdown, the defensive touchdown. And, you know, they were able to do enough on on offense against this Giants defense and the Giants didn't score the entire game they you know Daniel Jones poor guy I mean yeah he was under no, I mean he's direction. he's one rich guy so I can't feel too right. bad for him. <laughs> no, you, you don't I don't feel bad for him as a person but I would not want to be Daniel Jones last no. night that is not that was not fun I mean on every play you had guys coming from everywhere it seemed like this defense had been like waiting for this game for seven months, trying to kill Daniel Jones. And honestly, just props to Dan Quinn. And the last thing I'll say, real breakout star this year, Osa Odigizua on the on the interior defensive line. I think he had a sack or two last night. Yeah, but two sacks. He, he's just really dominant there. Uh, you know, one of those guys as a interior guy is just way too quick. And he he's looking like he's ready for a breakout, which is the last thing you want to hear as a as an NFC East fan. Yeah, I mean, this Dallas defense is just it, it's insane. The amount of talent they have, obviously, you know, the big names, you know, the Micah Parsons and and but it's like they all perform like you look at the stat sheet. Parsons had a sack Demarcus Lawrence had a sack Stephon Gilmore, who they brought in, had a pick Trayvon Diggs had a forced fumble. So it's like all the superstars are performing. They're all making plays. And then, like you said, the guys, like, you know, I'm not even going to try to botch that. You nailed it, so we're going to leave it at that. But the guy, like you mentioned, Dorrance Armstrong put up two sacks. Like, they've got all these other guys that are, you know, performing. The Mozzie Smith, their first-round pick, you know, you played a little bit. But they've got, you know, and I remember they were saying it on the broadcast. Like, they're just rotating in and out of guys. And it's just like, no matter what happens, they were just getting to the quarterback. So, I think this team is going to be, I mean, obviously, they were going to be good. And I don't. I think after week one, I'm definitely higher than them 
than I was. I would, I think they're a lot closer to that Eagles 49ers tier than I thought they were. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still wouldn't put them in there just because I think offensively Dak Prescott still has got stuff to prove that he can play in the big game, that he can lead a team in the big game. And uh, you know, he hasn't done that. So I don't think, you know, you can put them in that tier. Obviously they've got a great defense offensively, you know, Tony Pollard looked good. You know, they didn't really have to do much. Their offense was kind of just like, you know, they, they had their few drives, but yeah, I mean, for the, on the flip side though, the giants, like you said, I mean, like, I mean, I came at them a little harsh, maybe to start breaking down this game, saying their season's over, but I, I just don't know. I don't think this team, like, obviously they're just pieces away. They're just not there for yeah. like a super bowl. I don't even know if they'll be able to make the playoffs to be honest. Um, I mean, they just, obviously they bring in Darren Waller. He's kind of already banged up. Um, and just, you look at the receiver room. I mean, the guys that are catching these passes, it's like Isaiah Hodgins. Like he was like a waiver wire pickup last year. He did well, but like, he's kind of average. Lawrence Cager, Darius Slayton, Gary Brightwell, Paris Campbell. Like, it's just not that good. Like they just, and that's where you, you feel for Daniel Jones. Like you said, like he doesn't really have anyone to throw the ball to. It's just tough. You know, take one Barkley. It really has to take the bulk of the load and he looked good last night. Um, but it's just tough. I mean, this defense, I, I think it'll be a all right defensive unit. Um, the one thing for Daniel Jones, I mean, you know, he, he got screwed that game by, you know, just his offensive line, but you know, that one interception, not the one where Saquon kind of dropped it, but the other one was not a great throw. And he's just got to limit those if this team is going to go far, but not the way the Giants want to start the season. Obviously they're going to need to bounce back. And uh, yeah, I just don't know. I'm not, I think, I, I just don't think the Giants are going to be very good this year. Just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, that talent deficit, especially on the line, didn't seem to show up last year, but it really showed up last night. Yeah. I mean, the second round pick, John Michael Schmitz really struggled, which I didn't, he coming I thought he was really pro ready the interior just looked awful to be honest Evan Neal kind of got worked which yeah, he's he was getting cooked on Twitter <laughs> yeah um yeah that's yeah and that's the last thing you know I mean for more than just the loss and the blowout and all that you know your top five or I don't remember exactly what pick he was but you know seven or something like seven, that yeah. either seven or five in that draft but you know a huge investment and if he just isn't figuring it out that's not good. That's really not good for this team. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't, they don't. They're not one of these teams where they, you know, can just survive that. They kind of, you know, needed everything last year to work out, and everything kind of went their way last year, with the exception of Evan Neal. And now it's like this year, you kind of needed an Evan Neal breakout. You needed John Michael Schmitz to be a good starter as a rookie. You needed, you know, this receiving core to really be ready, and it just looked so meh at at best yeah. last night and yeah it's just i i'm i'm not gonna write them off because i i wrote them off last year and they were impressive but you know yeah. I, it doesn't look good right now after week one yeah i mean i think that daniel jones contract obviously going to get discussed a lot um he's got a lot to prove obviously though you look at the conditions of the game you know is it is a disaster to play in that weather it was i mean i don't know why he was even in the game for as long as he was but that's yeah. another conversation um but yeah Giants, they're heading to Arizona, so maybe a much more favorable matchup. We'll talk about that in a second. So, yeah, moving on to week two. Um, like we said, Jets, the Jets-Bills is tonight. Um, we predicted that last time, um, but that's a big game. But Vikings-Eagles is going to kick us off on Thursday night. Uh, you know, it feels like the Eagles kind of own the Vikings. Obviously, the Vikings disappointing week one loss to 
Baker and the Bucks, man. Baker was pretty fired up. He, uh, you know, that one play where he got the first down, lowered his shoulder. That's such a Baker play. He just kind of goes for it, which you got to love. I mean, I, I have nothing against Baker Mayfield. He's a good guy. Um, but yeah, rough loss. Um, what are your thoughts of Vikings Eagles? You think the Vikings could pull it out? Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna start with a quick point. I didn't really talk about much in the Eagles game. James Bradbury kind of looked horrible. Um, and whenever we were in man coverage, it just didn't look good. And then he got hurt eventually, and we saw undrafted rookie Josh Job on the outside. So whoever is playing on Thursday will be a question mark. And whether you know you see Slay kind of shadowing Jefferson, that's a tough matchup in itself. But then you also have Addison now who can really win on the outside and get open going up against an undrafted rookie. So this game really has shootout potential because Jesus Christ is this Vikings defense bad. Yeah. Um, and you know, we know what the Eagles offense can do. And I, I just think the Vikings are going to be able to air it out. And you know, move the ball. I think it was a tough loss for the Vikings, but this is really kind of who they are. They're going to play a team close kind of no matter who they are because they, you know, they have a good passing game, but the rest of the team is just whatever. So they kind of just end up being in it no matter what, you know, not blowing a team out, not losing by a ton. Um, So I wasn't really like disappointed or surprised that they lost. I mean, I guess a little bit just because it was to the Bucks. Um, but you know, you're going to get weeks where Baker is like, oh yeah, I was the first overall pick and he's confident and he's got a good, you know, receiving group. So they're not going to be horrible this year. They're, you know, maybe going to win six or seven games. So that wasn't a shocker to me. I have them probably in a similar category to the Vikings, but I think it's going to be another good game for the, another good game for the, uh, Eagles. Um, just a competitive start to the season for them, but I do think they'll pull this one out. Yeah, I think the Eagles will win this one. Um, I just think the Vikings have just lost – they just lost a lot of talent in the offseason. You lose Dalvin Cook. You lose Eric Kendricks, who was kind of the the centerpiece of that defense. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, Zadarius Smith, who was huge for them last year. Like, they just lost all these guys. And Pat Pete, too, in the secondary, he was a big piece. Like, you just can't expect to – Adam Thielen, too, obviously, replaced with Jordan Addison. It's like all these names keep popping in my head. Um, But, yeah, they just lost a lot and, you know – it, that happens sometimes you you know you have a core and just cap space you just can't keep them all um so i think they're just kind of in a rough year where they're dealing with the downfall of that and and just the talent's not there and i think philly is you know even if bradbury it seems like he'll be out with the concussion um but you know it, i just think they're too talented i think offensively this is you know, they might go out and put 40 points on the board. I think Hertz is going to, you know, I think it was a great week for him to kind of rebound and show us, you know, that he's still that guy. Not that anyone really doubts him, but, um, you know, I like we kind of talked about, you know, either an episode or two ago, I feel like people still don't put him on that, you know, tier with the Mahomes or, or, or a Burrow. Whereas I, I feel like if he puts it together another year, like he did last year, you got to put him in that level. Um, so I think he's going to have a huge game. And I think the Eagles will win this one. Um, you know, maybe the score is a little close, but I feel like they'll kind of always be in control, even if the points kind of get, you know, within a score or so. Agreed. Moving on, Packers, Falcons, uh, both 1-0. Falcons, obviously, nice win over the Panthers. Bijan Robinson, first career NFL touchdown. Um, Drake London and Kyle Pitts having three combined targets, I think it was, is pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, I mean – the Falcons kind of love to piss everyone off, especially fantasy managers. Um, 
<laughs> but if if we can, I guess I guess I'll talk about that in a second. Just talking about how they performed on the field. This is a really really fun team to watch because they run the ball really well, and um, you know they just really innovative in the run game. Arthur Smith has just got a good idea of how how to you know get things open in the run game and you know I think Ritter will have better weeks in the passing game than we saw I think he looked okay he started out with like a like a catch to himself and then another negative completion so like yeah so a little little bit of a weird game but when you look at this team they're really talented and they don't like to target them really talented guys I mean Bijan, they seem like they really want to use him. But, you know, even then they gave Tyler Algier a lot of carries. But, you know, I'm not really, you know, horribly mad about how they use Bijan. But where where you can really get upset is how are you not targeting Drake London at all? How are you not getting Kyle Pitts the ball more? I mean, these are guys who are both dynamic before and after the catch, especially Pitts. Like, no one can guard Kyle Pitts. Like, get him the ball. And, And Drake London really started to looked really good last season, especially when Ritter came in. I mean, they started to build a, a connection and they only passed 18 times. So the, you know, the yards and the targets are going to look even smaller than they would be. But, you know, you've got to probably pass more like 25 to 30 times a game to really be like a really good offense. Um, yeah. And, you know, we didn't see that, but I'm confident they can do that. You know, you like you said, three targets between the two main guys. If you look in more like a 10 to 15 target range, I think that can you know, really help this offense be one of the top groups in the league. And then defensively, um, Jesse Bates looked really, really strong. Um, he had two two picks and 10 tackles. So, yeah. So you're picking the Falcons or the Packers? Yeah, yeah Falcons? I, I'm going to go with the Falcons. Um, okay. Sorry, we didn't talk much about the Packers. I know, so, yeah. But well, I, we already I, talked I about it, them. Yeah, these are these are two of my the two teams that you're my two surprising teams. So I'm I'm at a bit of a crossroads here, but I think I'm gonna go with the Falcons. I think the Packers defense is gonna be a little bit more disappointing this week. And I and I think that Falcons defense is much better than the Bears defense that the Packers just faced. So I think that you know they could have a you know just a slightly tougher week for love where it just seemed like everything was easy and open and he didn't even have to, you know panic really in his first true start here as the franchise quarterback so I think you could start to see a little bit of you know whether you know I don't think I'm not really worried about love but you know just a tougher environment tougher situation this week so I'll pick the Falcons yeah I'm gonna go with the Packers um I feel like kind of drinking the Packers Kool-Aid now like I I just really was impressed defensively and I think offensively like Jordan Love kind of just showed that poise and you know I think you look at a defense that they're going to face this week. It's a lot better than the Panthers defense. The Panthers defense, you know, they have a, a few guys, obviously, I think JC Horn went down in this game and, and got hurt. Um, but, you know, the Packers are much more well-rounded. Um, you know, if you thought Drake London wasn't going to get targeted last week, you know, with Jair on him, who knows? Yeah. You know, he's definitely not seeing the ball this week. Um, <laughs> but this will be the week where he gets like 20 targets. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I just think the Packers are the better team. Talk about the Falcons real quick. Um, you know, I think you covered it pretty well. This, this team, obviously, I mean, you look at Arthur Smith, his history in Tennessee, like he's a guy who wants to run the football and he has two really good running backs to the to do that with. So I think this offense is going to be very run heavy. I just think it's a little, as a Drake London fantasy manager, it's frustrating, but just in general, like 
it just sucks to see him and Kyle Pitts just like kind of wasted. Like Kyle Pitts is now in year three and we haven't really seen him get the ball like at all. Like it's pretty weird. Like he, like there's literally like, I think one week when he was in London, maybe playing the jets, like in his rookie year where I remember him like getting like eight, nine targets. And then outside of that, it's like, this guy cannot get the ball to save his life. And he's like, you said, so talented, always gets open. No one can cover him. And he's just not, he's not getting the ball. And it sucks because we're just seeing, you know, I really hope we don't see those two guys just kind of have their careers wasted just because, you know, the offense they're in and no one wants to get them a ball. And it's just weird from a, a team perspective. It's like, why are you wasting, you know, a fourth and I forget where London was drafted. I think eighth overall eighth, pick or yeah. something like that on like these two guys when it's like, use them on like the O-line or defense. If you're not even going to you know get them involved, it's like, you could stick anyone out there. It's like, if they're not catching the ball, it doesn't matter. At the yeah. end of the day. So, um, they got to find ways on Arthur Smith has got to find ways to get them the ball. Otherwise it is just a total failure on his part because you look at the capital they used to get those guys and you just have to get them the ball. And I'm not saying, you know, look, Bijan and, and Tyler Algier as a duo, hundred percent, they should be running the football and that can be the focus, but you gotta, you gotta do better. And maybe that's on Ritter. Maybe he's just, you know, not comfortable. I don't really know, but, uh, got to get your two guys the ball, especially with where they're drafted. I just want to see those guys succeed, too. I mean, it's just like it sucks seeing those two guys really not. Uh, I mean, Drake London didn't have a terrible year last year, but Kyle Pitts, you know, he, he needs his breakout just just for the, the heck of it. I mean, I feel like everyone's rooting for him. But, yeah, um, I'll go Packers there. Uh, moving on, Colts, Texans, Battle of the AFC South. Um, you know, Anthony Richardson, he, he honestly looked really good last week. Um, really impressive. CJ Stroud, not bad too, with what he, with what CJ Stroud was working with, um, you know, only the one fumble. I, I was impressed, um, in Houston. Um, I'll start off real quick. I'm going to go with the Colts. I just think, um, you know, I, I thought they were really well coached. I think Anthony Richardson had a big game. I think, you know, his rushing ability, something that, you know, we're already seeing, um, you know, Shane Steichen use from the get go, which I think is awesome. I think, you know, his, his ability to be a runner, you know, and kind of, he looked like Jalen Hurts at times in that offense. It was awesome. Um, you know, Michael Pittman had a good game. And, you know, I think that Colts defense is better than the the Texans defense right now. The Texans did play the, the Ravens closer than I would think, thought they would. Um, I just think offensively, the Texans right now, they just don't really have many, you know, outside of Damian Pierce, there's not really anyone that catches your attention, which I think is just going to be, you know, the problem. I think the Colts will be able to score a little more easier than the Texans. So I'm going to go with the Colts. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with the Colts too, but just to quickly touch on Stroud, we kind of talked about how this just feels like a, you know, like a three turnover disaster. Everyone's calling Stroud a bust game and it really wasn't. He looked, you know, he didn't look great, but he looked like he wasn't, you know, too scared of the moment and like wasn't super overwhelmed by a Ravens defense that can be really overwhelming. And I just, I was pretty impressed by what he showed, but you know, this is just like you said, just not a good receiving core. Their line is banged up and outside of uh Flair, I mean Tunsil is not that good anyway. And this this defense is playing hard and they've got a little bit of talent now, but it's still not that good yet. And um, I think the Colts are further along. They've got some weapons in the passing game. Richardson looked like really composed and he actually was really accurate yesterday, which was great sign if you're a Colts fan or just rooting for Anthony Richardson like I am and their defense has some playmakers on it we saw DeForest Buckner on that weird play yesterday yeah kind of got a touchdown after making the strip sack that was a weird play but that was very weird yeah um 
yeah, the Colts actually kept it close against the Jags at home, which I guess I think I kind of said I I could see that happening, but um, I kind of like to play it down the middle and say anything could happen. So I always, <laughs> but um, I'm I am gonna I'm gonna take the Colts here. Um, yeah, this is gonna be yeah. an interesting matchup. Yeah, definitely. Moving on, Seattle versus at Detroit. Um, Jared Goff, obviously, big week one win against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Seattle, very disappointing week. Geno Smith um, only threw for like 100-something yards. Very disappointing um, for a team with such high expectations. Um, and I'm going to pick the Lions here. I think uh, – I just think this is a hungry, gritty team. And at home, um, you know, I, I feel like they're going to be able to take advantage of the Seattle defense, which gave up 30-something you know, points to the Rams, which, you know, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Matthew Safford, we'll talk to him about him in a little bit, but – you know, he really proved he's still one of one of those guys. He, he His talent hasn't gone away. Uh, but the Lions, just a good team. I think Jameer Gibbs, I hope we'll see a little more of him going forward. He was really explosive in that Thursday night game. And, you know, they've got Amon Ross St. Brown. And this defense, you know, they proved it against the Chiefs. They they find ways to to get the win. And and when it the pressure amounts, you know, they, they can stop them. So, um, I, yeah, I just think the Lions and Geno um, – I'm not worried, but I'm a little worried. I feel like, you know, a little, I feel like a regression with him is kind of predictable. And after week one, you know, I didn't, I'll be honest. I didn't really watch too closely the Ram Seahawks game. Um, but just, you know, with those weapons, looking at the stat sheet, it is a little concerning, especially with, you know, I mean, our boy Russ East was in the secondary, so I can understand how it was a rough game for him. He had to avoid, you know, that side of the field at all times, but um yeah, I don't know. A little concerning for Gino, but we'll see if he can get it going. But yeah, I'm going to pick the lines. This does feel like it could be a shootout type game, though, for sure. This could be a 45-42. Yeah, I'm going to take the Seahawks here, but I was a little bit concerned with how they played just because of how kind of low I was on the Rams. And I mean, name as many of the other 10 starters on the Rams defense as you can. Well, let's play that game. <laughs> like, right uh, we played yeah. it last week and it's still true. Like they, that's never good when your offense can't move <laughs> the ball. And especially not against a Rams defense that doesn't have many guys that people know. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about more. We'll talk more about the Rams in a little bit, but um, I just think this is going to be a shootout game. I think the Seahawks are going to want to rebound after that. I think they just have three really good weapons and the Lions don't really have any great corners. They have solid starters across the defense now, but no one that you're really worried about, you know, in terms of shutting down a DK or a locket or a JSN. And now that they have three of those guys, you know, I just think it's going to be a tough game for them and their defense got carved up by the Rams. So I I don't see any way they stop this Lions offense. So I'm going to say this is a shootout, but just because the Lions won and the Seahawks lost and everyone seems to be hyping up the Lions and down on the Seahawks, I'm going to pick the Seahawks to kind of weirdly win this in a shootout. Yeah, very fair. Uh, moving on to the next game, Chargers at Tennessee. Um, Ryan Tannehill, three picks. I mean, it seems like his time has passed. But, um, yeah, I'll flip this one right back to you. What do you think? Um. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. I was kind of talking to my friends yesterday, and I was like, yeah, I think Tannehill's like a little bit better than Derek Carr, and everyone got really mad about at me about that. <laughs> um. And as soon as that happened, Tannehill had one of the worst games I've ever seen. So I really was not impressed. Well, not even not impressed. I was really disappointed by how he looked, and um, I think Willis was actually their backup yesterday. Yeah. 
So I guess maybe they would go to him first and then Levis at some point because I don't I'm not really confident in Willis at this point, but hopefully maybe one of them can figure it out. But it doesn't look great for that situation. But that being said, I do think this is going to be at least a close game Um, just because, you know, the Chargers run defense is really struggling in the past. And you look at what the Titans can do well and it's run the damn football. Um. So I think this will be a closer matchup than expected, but the Chargers, you don't want to start 0-2 in the AFC. I mean, you don't at all any, you know, regardless yeah. of any circumstances, but no, especially when you're trying to win a Super Bowl and you're the Chargers, you can't start 0-2. Um, and I think they're going to come out and win this game. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Chargers here too. I think they're just the more talented team. Uh, you know, I, at the end of the day, Ryan Tannehill, like he cannot be starting for this team. Um like I know Brable likes him and he's going to probably get a few more games, but like, especially if they keep losing, like you have to, and I don't even understand why Malik Willis is maybe he, he really balled out in, in practice. I don't really know. Um, I don't know. I feel like we saw what Malik Willis kind of was last year and it's not an NFL quarterback. Um, yeah, and I just think they got to give Will Levis a shot and just see what he is. Um but yeah, I'm gonna go Chargers. Like we 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 talked about them already. But this offense, I think, is gonna be really good. And I just don't think Tennessee right now has the capability with Tannehill at the helm to really kind of ball out. And you know, if this game, you know, Tennessee does have a solid defense. Their pass rush is really good. Jeff Simmons. Uh, they do have guys like Kevin Byard in the secondary, who you know, really good player. But I just think the Chargers, Herbert, Eckler, Keenan, and all these guys. I think they're just too talented offensively. And I think they'll give. I just don't. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. That's I think the two words. It's not why I'm going to pick the Chargers. So, yeah. Raiders at Bills. Obviously, we haven't seen Buffalo play yet. Um, Jimmy G squeaked out the win in uh, in Denver. So, good on him. Uh, the only team in the AFC West to get a W. So, uh, Jimmy G, man, he just finds a he finds a freaking way to do it. Um, going to Buffalo, though. I'm not, I'm not sure that suits Jimmy G and, and this Raiders team. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I think I was pretty impressed by the Raiders, but – no, I don't. Think <laughs> I um, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I'll I'll talk a little bit just about how they looked. Um, I liked, you know, when when he was out there, Jacoby Myers looked really good, and then he oh, got man. hurt. Um, and I, that was know, bad. That I was thought it was going to be like another like Demar yeah, Hamlin almost. Like yeah. when they panned to him, it was like he was like it literally looked he, like he was dead. Yeah. No, that was that was a scary moment. So prayers out to him, but um. You know, Jimmy G looked in time with him and Adams, and I didn't see much of Renfro, but I'm sure they'll find a connection. And this passing offense looked competent, but yeah, I don't think they're going to beat the Bills. And their defense didn't look very good against the Broncos. So again, I don't, I don't see it looking very good against the Bills. Yeah, it looks like yeah, Hunter Renfro did not have a catch yesterday, oh, which yeah. is interesting. I guess he's just kind of phased out of that offense. It was so That's weird. Up. He had that huge year, and then he's just yeah. kind of falling off a cliff. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bills here too. Just at Buffalo. I mean, it's like it's just first game of the year. I think, you know, obviously if they win tonight, vibes are gonna be really high. Vibes will be high regardless. I mean, it's it's Buffalo, Bills Mafia, but um I think if they go into MetLife tonight and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, that would be a heck of a way to start the season. But yeah, I'm gonna go with them. I just think, you know, Josh Allen at home, uh, it's tough to beat. And and this Raiders defense I don't think is very good at all. So um yeah, I'm gonna go Bills. Moving on, Chiefs, Jags, um, you know, Chris Jones did sign today. I, you know, it reworked his deal for this year. So they, he didn't get an extension, but he will be there. 
um, and most likely playing in this game, which is huge for that Chiefs defense. Um, Calvin Ridley, huge week one. You know, big AFC game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm really excited for this one. Um, I'm pretty high on the Jaguars, especially their offense. I'm, you know, kind of ready for them to arrive as one of those top groups in the NFL. But the Chiefs lost in week one, and they're not going to lose week two. So <laughs> they're going to win almost no matter what, um, as long as Kelsey and Jones are healthy. I, I just don't see them losing, even, even though there's a Jags team that really could make noise in the playoffs. I just... I just don't see the Chiefs losing two weeks in a row, so I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. I think it's tough betting on Mahomes and and tough betting against Mahomes. Um, But I don't know, man. I think this Jaguars team, I I think Calvin Ridley was really impressive, and I think the Chiefs secondary, I'm just not sold on. I'm, I'm very worried, and I think, you know, this pack, pass attack of the Jaguars is much better than the one of the Lions. The Lions, you know, outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, you know, Sam Laporta, I think, was the next guy. Like, they don't really have that great number two. Whereas the Jags, you've got Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, ETN out of the backfield. Like, I think they're going to give Kansas City's defense a run for their money this early in the season, too. I think, you know, later, as we've seen with these Kansas City defenses, it feels like Steve Spagnuolo kind of gets them going later on. And by the playoffs, they're really ready to play in. They're a solid unit, but early on, you know, they're still kind of gelling. They've got new pieces, obviously. Um, so I'm going to go with the Jags. I think they're going to be able to squeak this one out. And then I think, you know, next week is when this Chiefs team is just going to get on their roll. That sends them, you know, the playoffs. Um, but we'll see. I mean, obviously, if Kelsey, you know, Kelsey coming back, it's going to be huge. But receiver-wise, I am still worried about the Chiefs. Like, this team is it's, – it's concerning. But I'm going to go with the Jags in an upset win over Kansas City, which even what I'm saying out of my mouth feels wrong. But (laughs) (laughs) moving on, Ravens, Bengals. Bengals, really rough week one. Um, You know, you got to look at the conditions, you know, really wet, rainy game. But, you know, Joe Burrow threw for like 80 yards or something like that. I mean, really, really bad. T. Higgins didn't have a catch. Ravens on the flip side got the win. But Lamar didn't really look great. It wasn't a great game from them. Zay Flowers didn't look really good. Um, What are your thoughts on this AFC North matchup? Um, yeah, I'm just going to touch on Zay Flowers really quickly. I think he was one of those guys where I just couldn't wait to see him play because, you know, it's not often you don't really know who a guy is coming out. But when you're stuck in that Boston College passing attack and, you know, he tested a little hurt at the combine. So I wasn't sure, you know, quite if he had like that, you know, he moves a little differently vertical juice, but he really seemed to have that yesterday. Although he didn't he didn't catch a bomb, but he just looked so athletic out there. and. Um, I think the Ravens, I mean, he might even be their one already. Um, obviously yeah. you've got Andrews still probably the lead target, but um he, he seemed like their clear first receiving option yesterday. Um, I think this is gonna be a really good game. I think the Bengals will bounce back. Um, I keep talking about it with these 0-1 AFC contenders, but you cannot afford to lose this game. And especially in that AFC North. Um, so I just think out of the You know, I I think the Bengals do have a talent advantage over the Ravens, but I don't think it's, you know, a huge one to the to the extent where you have to pick the Bengals. But I am going to pick the Bengals with a bigger sense of urgency and just, you know, you know, we've already seen the Ravens get banged up a little bit, which is not good. And we've seen that happen the last few years. You saw Dobbins down. Marcus Williams is like potentially out for the year. Stanley's week to week. Linderbaum's week to week. 
And then, and I think they had even someone else who was hurt as well. So that's not good for the Ravens. And I'm just going to pick, oh, and it was, it was Marlon Humphrey who is looking like he may play this week, but even him, he's up in the air. So that line could be hurt. That secondary could be weak. Um, That's just not a good sign when you're going up against a team as good as the Bengals. So I'm going to take the Bengals here. Yeah, I'm going to go Cincinnati, too. I just think this offense is going to, you know, assuming the conditions are good, I think they're going to go out and shine. We've seen Jamar Chase kind of dominate this Ravens secondary. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the Ravens are, you know, pretty banged up already, which is never a good thing. Um, but, yeah, I think Joe Burrow is going to kind of show, come out and just do what, you know, we're used to seeing Joe Burrow doing. So, yeah, I'm going to, you know, keep it short and sweet. I think the Bengals win this one. Uh, moving on to the next game, Bears-Bucks. I'm going to go with the Bucks again. Um, I think – you know, Baker looked solid. He didn't look amazing, but he kind of, you know, looked better than what we've seen recently, I feel like, from him. Um, and I think this Buccaneers defense is still pretty good. You've still got guys like Vita Vea, Devin White, Levante David, Carlton Davis. And I think, honestly, it's just going to give Justin Fields some trouble. Um, you know, I don't think this Bears defense is really very good either. So I think the Bucs will be able to score. And I think, uh, you know, their defense will be able to give Justin Fields trouble. So I'm going to go with the Bucs. I'm um, starting out the season two and us are pretty good for Baker if that happens. Yeah, I um I'm gonna have to go with the Bears here. I just don't trust Baker to do good weeks, like you just you just said. Uh yeah. I was a little bit unsure of it, but then as soon as you said Baker two and oh, I was like, I don't think this is gonna <laughs> happen. Um, but besides that, I'll get into the X's and O's a little bit here. I think this is gonna be interesting because the Bucks strength on defense is their run defense, and the Bears strength on offense, at least last year, was their running offense. So that should be an interesting matchup to kind of see who wins out there. I think, you know, Fields will have a better week without having to worry about Jair Alexander or, or Rashawn Gary off the edge or, you know, quite the talent of the Packers defense. So I think it'll be a little bit better for the Bears on offense. And I think it'll be a little bit better for them on defense. Just again, I don't see Baker having another great week. I think, you know, the Bears has some have some opportunistic players in the secondary between, you know, Brisker and um Eddie, Eddie Johnson, no, Eddie, Jackson, Eddie Jackson. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the cornerback room, you know, you have some young players there as well. So, I think um the Bears will win this one, but I could definitely see it going either way. Yeah. Next two games, I think, uh, pretty clear cut here. 49ers at Rams. I'm gonna go with the Niners. Really impressive week one. Uh, defensively, they really gave Kenny Pickett trouble, and uh, obviously offensively, they're loaded. But Brock Purdy. Super efficient. Brandon Ayuk had a huge game. I mean, if Brandon Ayuk kind of breaks out, he's been an underrated receiver. He had a really big year last year. Um, but if Brandon Ayuk really breaks out, this 49ers team, man, they are, they've got the ability to be really special if they stay healthy. Rams, really good week one. Uh, Puka Nakua, a guy who I made fun of last week on the podcast. I'm, you know, he maybe watched and was like, you know, screw this kid. I'm going to ball out. And he did. He had a great week. So shout out to Puka Nakua. Um, and the Rams really, really good team or not really good team, but really good performance. Um, so, but yeah, I don't think they're going to beat the 49ers. So I'm going to go Niners here and, uh, you know, I think they'll win pretty comfortably. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with that, but I will quickly apologize to the Rams. I didn't talk about it quite as much on the, on the podcast, but I was, I was almost thinking oh, and 17 for this team was possible <laughs> because they just have, you know, no names everywhere. And if this is, you know, kind of a situation like the Dolphins a few years ago where they're just, you know, playing really hard and you find a few guys that are actually good players, like in like an Andrew Van Ginkle, um, like you like you talked <laughs> about. Boy. 
Uh, but, you know, you know, he was just, you know, one of those guys. And, you know, you could see yeah, this yeah. start to happen with the Rams as well, where, you know, you just have guys show up because, you know, they're talented guys. You know, anyone who's in the NFL is going to be talented um, at least at something. And, you know, they're going to be playing for their NFL career. So some breakout stars could happen. But, you know, the Niners just looked so good. And yeah. their defense is not going to be, you know, Puka Nakua had a great week against the Seahawks <laughs> defense, but I don't think it's going to be the same. I mean, he looked like he looked like a player for sure, but I just, I don't think, he, you know, I don't see 120 yards again for him. Um, but, you know, good for the Rams. And I think their outlook is definitely looking like they could be, you know, maybe sneaky just if everyone stays healthy. Once they get cup, Donald, you're sorry, cut back. Donald stays healthy. Stafford stays healthy. They're well coached. And like I said, some of those breakout stars, you know, or just solid players emerging. I think, you know, this could be a, you know, solid recipe for success, but not this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, shout out Sean McVay. I mean, that guy, you know, doesn't get the credit it deserves. He feel like sometimes, I mean, he's, you know, I don't know, just after last year, I feel like people kind of sleep on him a little bit, which is stupid because, you know, he won the Super Bowl the year before for a reason. Okay. Oh, lights out. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, okay. Um, next game, I mean, I don't even think we have to spend any time on this. Giants at Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Giants. I, You know, Cardinals, you know, they put up some fight, but, you know, Josh Dobbs, I don't really see anything, you know, on the, that team's just boring. So I'm going to go with the Giants. They, You know, they're going to find a way to win seven or eight games most likely. So I'll go with Danny Dimes and the Giants here. Yeah, same. Yeah, this is probably the most boring game we've talked about so far. I'm going to go with the Giants. I just Cardinals are fighting, but they don't have the talent and the Giants are just like a safe team. So I don't see them losing this game. Yep. Next game. This is a fun one. Jets at Dallas. Uh, It's got to be the CBS game of the week. Um, It's a really good game. Obviously, we haven't seen the Jets play, so it's a little tough to talk about this one. but I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Jets pull it out tonight. Um, and I just think going to Dallas, the way that defense plays, I just think it's going to be really tough. I, you know, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Jets will be in it. But I do think, you know, in Dallas against this Dallas defense, which looks so good in week one, the pass rush, I think is going to give this Jets O-line trouble. The Jets O-line really is that kind of weakest spot of the roster right now. It's the biggest unknown in week two. You're going against this Dallas pass rush. I mean, that is as scary as it could get. So I think Dallas's pass rush is ultimately going to be too much for the Jets O-line to handle. And I think Dak Prescott will figure out a way to get it done. Obviously, this Jets defense and their pass rush also really good. Um, so I think it's going to be – honestly, this could be a very low-scoring game. I think both these defenses are are up there, You know, probably both top five units in the NFL. But I am going to go with Dallas just because I think that pass rush, you know, the Dallas O-line, I have a, a bit more faith in than the, the Jets O-line right now. So I'm going to go with Dallas next week. Yeah. um, I think you can go either way here. Yeah. I think you're probably looking at, I would say the two best defenses in the league. Um, Just off the top of my head, I would say them and the Patriots, but I could probably be the Niners. You got to throw Niners, Niners. I knew I was forgetting yeah. someone. Um. Um, but yeah, no, two of the top defenses in the league, you know, no matter where you have them. Um, but I, I, I think it's a bit tough cause we didn't, you know, we haven't seen the Jets yeah. play this week. Um, so I'm going to lean Cowboys, probably like one of those well-played low scoring, not too many drives games where, you know, both teams are executing really well. And it just makes me excited because I'm excited to watch this one. I'm excited for most of the matchups this week, but this is, this may be my favorite one. And I'm going to lean Cowboys here, um, in a close one. 
This next game is uh, <laughs> it's pretty boring. Commanders at Broncos. There's not really much there. I feel like that I'm invested in. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with Denver here. Um, you know, I think the onside kick to start the game was pretty wild. And they honestly, they were so close to having it, too. They probably should have. Um, they just touched it a second too early. Um, but, yeah, Washington, honestly, I was a little disappointed in their performance. I thought, you know, this team would be able to, you know, really just wipe the floor with Arizona. They didn't really do that. Um, you know, Sam Howell, you know, he showed his flashes. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think Denver is, uh, you know, I'm not super high on Denver, but at Denver, I feel like Sean Payton will get them, you know, kind of on the right track this week and, you know, get them a W. And, uh, you know, Russ, I think hopefully for his sake, will will bounce back. You know, I honestly didn't watch the, the Broncos game week one, so I don't even know how he did. But I think he was just kind of like average. Like, I don't think he really did anything special. But, yeah, I'll go with the, the Broncos at home against Washington. Yeah, so um... – I was a little disappointed by the commanders too, especially in offense where, you know, they got sacked like six times and I think they might've had like a, a pick six or a fumble six or something like that. Yeah. There was something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just not what you'd expect coming out against one of the worst teams in the league or not what you'd want at least. Um, so I'm going to pick the Broncos here, even though they lost, I think they, you know, are waiting on Jerry Judy to come back and, you know, they kind of need a receiver because they kind of seem to be looking for guys to throw to, you know, a lot of check downs, a lot of saw the little Jordan Humphrey get a touchdown, you know, kind of some, <laughs> random, some random guys getting touches. So they're going to, you know, be happy to get Judy back, even if he's not, you know, any sort of superstar, you know, just a developing good young receiver who can really help out Russ, you know, help this passing game. But I think this is, yeah, pretty boring, low-scoring game. I'll lean towards the Broncos, though. Yeah. Dolphins at New England Sunday Night Football. Really good game. Um, I'm going to go with New England. I think, um, you know, in New England, it's a tough environment. Um, you know, it's very different from L.A., where the Dolphins are coming from. Um, so, I think, you know, offensively, Tua's – I think he's still going to put up a solid game. It's just not going to be what we saw against L.A. I mean, that's foolish to think that. I don't think – you know, anyone's really thinking that they're going to go do that against this New England defense. Um, you know, losing week one, I, I just don't think a Bill Belichick coach team is going to come out and come out flat. I think they're going to come out ready to play. I was really encouraged, like I already talked about, with Mac Jones's performance. So I think we see him uh, kind of all out. And obviously this Dolphins defense, you know, didn't play great against the Chargers. The Chargers, you know, do have a better offense than New England, I think. But I think New England's going to be able to figure out a way to, you know, score 24, 27, 30 points, something like that. And you know, their defense, I think, is so good that, you know, they'll be able to limit Tyree Kill as much as possible where he doesn't, you know, go for 200 yards on you. But, yeah, I'm going to go with New England. Uh, should be a really good game. Could be – it could get weird. I, I get kind of, you know, some weird stuff could be happening. But, you know, it's a big game for Tua. If Tua goes out there and throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, like no picks, like then, you know, he's in the MVP conversation. And then it's like, okay, you know, Tua is – for real, but this is a game that it could also be, you know, two, three picks. And we're like, okay, you know, there's, there's the two of that. I feel like we think of at least, you know? Yeah. I'm going to go Patriots here. Um, you know, it's always fun and a little bit random when you see, you know, a top offense go up against the top defense, just because yeah. you know, you're used to the, you know, a team like the dolphins always getting 30 points a week, but what if they just don't, or you're used to the Patriots always, you know, stifling teams, but what if they just don't? So 
you know, that's going to be a very interesting matchup that probably determines the game here. But like you said, this Dolphins defense isn't super scary, especially without Ramsey. And I think, you know, Xavier Howard's, you know, getting up there in age. And I think the Patriots will be able to move the ball. They look very just competent on offense against the Eagles. And I think, like you said, getting that 24 to 30 point range um, and hoping this defense can play well, it's going to be a good formula. And I just think they eat this one out in a close one. Yep. Moving on to Monday night where I guess there's two games. I guess that's a thing this year. There's like, I just looked it up. There's three, I guess, weeks where there's two Monday night games. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. I don't know. I feel like the timing is not like 7.15 and 8.15 they're scheduled for, which I feel like is not because it's like you watch the first game and then it's like, all right, like, I don't know. A little weird, but alas. Yeah, yeah, two Monday night games. Um, Saints-Panthers is the first one. It's an interesting game in Carolina. I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I wasn't too encouraged by their performance, to be honest. I didn't think Derek Carr played very good at all. Um, but, I, I mean, that's kind of, I guess, what you expect. Like, he's, you know, new offense, whole new city. You know, there's going to be some growing pains. I thought Chris Olave looked really good, which I think is huge for them. Um, you know, Michael Thomas was back, which was good to see. Um, they had that guy, Rashid Shaheen or something like that, I think. Um he kind of balled out, so he played good. Jamal Williams um, didn't didn't look great, but I think uh, I think they'll pull it out. I'm not too high on the Panthers personally. I mean, I feel like Der- Bryce Young had a you know solid week one. It wasn't you know he was kind of just a pretty efficient, honestly. Um, I don't know. I'm not high on the Panthers, so I feel like the Saints will squeak it out. But this could be ugly, and Derek Carr could throw three picks. It's another one of those games where it's like I don't know. Derek Carr did not look good at all, but I'll still pick the Saints here. Yeah, I'm going to pretty unconfidently go with the Panthers. Um, They looked pretty weak at receiver, which isn't a surprise to me. And it's not, you know, obviously that's going to be something they have to address in the future. But this isn't the year to win in Carolina, but it is it is a weakness. Um, And, you know, I feel bad for Bryce Young just because I think he's such a talented player and I, you know, don't want to see him have any any year without any real receiving options and they you know already were they're already banged up with what little receiving options they do have um so I think it could be tough for them to move the ball but Derek Carr didn't look great and I'm not a huge believer in Carr so I think this Panthers defense will be able to keep it pretty low scoring and I think Bryce Young and and this O-line will kind of steady the ship um but I don't think either of these teams are too good after week one. I think the Panthers just asked too much of a rookie quarterback and the saints, I don't think are either are really inspiring on either side of the ball. So I think this is probably one of the weaker matchups of the week, but I'll go Panthers. Yeah. The other Monday night game, last game of the slate for week two Browns at Steelers. That's a fun one. Uh, Cleveland really strong week one defensively. Only, uh, you know, bang- holding the Bengals to three points offensively, you know, not the best from Deshaun, but he managed to pull out the victory. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, looked horrific. Kenny Pickett, uh, really bad performance and uh, just offensively did not get anything going. Deontay Johnson exited this game with an injury. Um, I'm not quite I didn't really see anything about him today, so I'm not sure. It, you know, they ruled him out pretty quickly, which probably isn't a good sign for his status this week. Um so if he's out, that receiver room starts to get pretty thin. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Should be a, a good, you know, if the Browns win this one, that'd be a huge start, 2-0 against two AFC North opponents. Yeah, my 
everything I want, I, everything is telling me to pick the Browns, but I think I'm going to go with the Steelers here. Um, like you talked about with Deontay, that's not good. I think Cam Hayward is going on IR. That's not good. Um, you know, they didn't look good on offense at all. They really couldn't move it against this Niners defense. But I think as good as the Browns defense look, this is still a weaker unit than the that Niners defense, which is just really scary to go against and even hard to move the ball against. And I think the Browns, you know, their offense didn't look great. And, you know, Watson's still a bit of a question mark. He kind of had a boneheaded play that, you know, you're like, where again where is the old Watson what happened yeah. you know again we've we can talk about the off the field and whatever but just strictly on the field it's really confusing and you know it's head scratching where where did he go but um I'm gonna pick the Steelers I think they give him some troubles here even if they're a little banged up on defense I think it's a tough night for Watson I think they win it in a close one yeah I'm gonna go with the Cleveland Browns I think defensively they really impressed I think you know Jim Schwartz's defense you're already seeing it being implemented I think you know we talked about it when we broke down this team this team is as talented as any team in the NFL defensively you got guys like Miles Garrett they added Zadarius Smith Dalvin Tomlinson oh, I want to know I want to know his name the D tackle came from Houston I'm gonna oh, watch oh. Agbanya Akaranquo yeah, that sounds about right to me. Uh, <laughs> he's good. Um, you know, obviously the secondary, you know, uh, Denzel Ward, uh, obviously one of the better corners in the NFL. Grant Delpit made some plays yesterday against Key Higgins. He was pretty impressive. So, you know, I, I think this Cleveland defense is going to be really good. And offensively, you know, they ran their offense through Nick Chubb, as they should. He had a really good game. And I think, you know, Look at the weather conditions for this one. I, I don't think it's fair to assess either quarterback season. Obviously, Joe Burrow threw for like 80 yards. So right. we know that's not what Joe Burrow is capable of. Um, so we'll see. You know, I think this week will be, you know, it's a it's a tough defense. But if Deshaun, you know, hopefully the weather's better and we're able to get a better look at, you know, kind of where Deshaun Watson's at today versus, you know, last year and how that compares, obviously, to his days in Houston. Um right. But I still think he had his flashes. I mean, the, the one rushing touchdown I thought was pretty good. And, you know, yep. he made some throws. So, look, Deshaun, I kind of mentioned it last week. I don't think he's going to get to that Houston level again. Um, but can he be a, a good enough quarterback to lead this team to the playoffs? I mean, the jury's still out. But that Browns defense looks damn good. Um, and I think they'll be able to, you know, they did it in the playoffs two, three years ago. They went into Pittsburgh, beat the Steelers. So I think they'll be able to do it again on prime time at on ABC, 8.15 p.m. kickoff. Um, so that does it for week two of the NFL. Real quick before we end the episode, I want to talk about the biggest game in college football this week. Otherwise, the slate was pretty, you know, no real big upsets. I feel like nothing really big happened. But Texas at Alabama, huge game. And Texas really showed up 34-24. They beat Alabama. Quinn Ewers, 349-yard passing, three touchdowns. I mean, we heard about this kid as a prospect, one of the highest ranked prospects of all time. It finally looks like he's living up to that height. Yeah, um, there's a lot to talk about here. I think the Milro for Alabama, that was, um, you know, you don't want to really harp on a kid, but he, he didn't look ready out there. Um, again, he's a young, young guy with a lot of potential, so I'm sure he'll figure it out. But just, you know, right now didn't look like, 
uh, he was ready to win a huge game like that. And like you said, this is kind of Ewers coming out party. There were some drops early, but we saw this really talented receiving core and him kind of figure it out as the game went along, even against this talented Bama defense. And I think, <clears throat> you know, the big takeaway from here is, yeah, what's Ewers looking like and what is this QB class looking like is really my question I, as I'm getting excited because you know we've obviously heard a lot about Caleb Williams we've heard a lot about Drake May and now we have two guys in Quinn Ewers and Shadur Sanders who are really breaking out and are both eligible for this year so I'm I'm really excited to see how that plays out just as a quick overview but I think that was a good game as well so yeah yeah I mean Texas like you said uh you know they just found a way to win Quinn Ewers obviously super talented receiver wise you know they they got guys that make plays worthy Mitchell, uh, Shavion Sanders, like, you know, those guys all, all balled out. I'll be honest. I'm, you know, I'm kind of a college football casual, so I don't know too much about these guys. Um, but they looked, they looked really good. And Quinn Ewers looked really good. So Texas, obviously, you know, they're not in the sec yet. So schedule wise, I mean, I'll take a quick look, Wyoming, Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, like, you know, TCU, like this schedule is honestly pretty easy. Like this team should you know, in the big 12, honestly, you know, they should, this was the big challenge right away. And they, they passed it with flying colors. So this is a team that probably should make the college football playoff. If things go right, obviously it's college football, anything can happen, but uh, they're in a really good position right now on the flip side with Bama, like you mentioned, Jalen Miller, just, you know, the two picks, he, it's just tough. I think this Bama team is in a, a spot right now where they're just, the talent is just not there compared to past years. I think you look at, you know, and maybe I'm a casual and don't know some of these guys and, and that's on me, but like you look at, you know, the, the offenses these guys have had from, you know, having Hurts to uh, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, beer quarterbacks and all those receivers. I mean, the, you know, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, um, Ruggs was there. Obviously he was a first round pick, Jerry Judy. Um, there's definitely guys I'm forgetting. John Mechie was a beast. I mean, like all these names, uh, Jameson Williams, obviously too. And, you know, right now it just doesn't feel like they have that star power on offense, even at running back. I mean, uh, none of those guys averaged four yard, over four yards a carry in the game. Um, it, it just doesn't feel like they have the talent offensively to be, you know, the Alabama that we're used to. And, not you know, Alabama struggled last year, too. They missed the college football playoffs. So they're kind of just in a rough spot, not, not in a rough spot program-wise, because obviously this team still has five stars coming in and out, um, you know, 24-7. But – um, they're just kind of at a spot where they need some of these guys to develop and, you know, kind of turn into those, those stars. And it doesn't feel like they kind of have that young offensive core right now, at least um, that can do that. It's going to be another year or so the program, obviously, you know, I think if we talk about Clemson, that's a program that maybe you look at and say, well, shoot, you know, that could be headed for a, a downward spiral, but Alabama's Alabama. They're always going to be elite. They're always going to be getting the top recruits, but right now it's just, you know, the talent has not translated to the field. And uh, will it? You know, I, it's tough to say. Obviously, playing in the SEC is tough. Um, you know, I, I would expect this team to lose at least once or twice more um, throughout the rest of the season, if I had to say. Yeah, um, if I can just, yeah, add on to that really quickly. I think yeah. we saw this team kind of get carried by Bryce Young last year. Um, we saw it in the Texas game where, like, he didn't really have anyone to throw to but Jameer Gibbs sometimes. Yeah. and that certainly was a problem as well, along with the quarterback issue. So, you know, whether it's a down year or a down couple of years, or, you know, like you said, it doesn't seem very likely, but in theory it could happen where the program, you know, kind of, kind of takes a turn for the worse, but 
um, just probably, you know, a three loss or four loss team here for a year or two. And then they probably figure it out once they get, you know, more future first round picks in the building. But um, yeah, not, you know, certainly disaster mode for some Alabama fans who've never, you know, seen a team like this, you know, that maybe isn't going to be contending for the national or the national championship, but, you know, probably not panic mode from a overhaul, you know, long-term perspective. For sure. And with that, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Make sure if you haven't already, like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on our social medias. That will all be linked in the description. Um, Yeah, week two. See how it goes. And uh, we'll see you next week on Outside the Arena.